What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, we found actually, kind of accidentally, did choose an October movie. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we really gotta stop lying to the homies. I feel like <laughs> we do this pretty consistently. We'll say something one episode. Then the literal mm-hmm. next episode, we do exactly what we said we wouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, no, truly. I mean, here's the thing. It works. It worked out serendipitously mm-hmm. where we chose this movie actually because, A, as you homies know, we've mentioned this so many times before, werewolf movies we don't cover often. But to me, werewolves do feel very October, very Halloween. All those classic monsters and ghouls, they just fit perfectly into Halloween. So partly because it's a werewolf movie is part of the reason that we chose it. But secondly, I really, really wanted to talk about this movie because this is one that you hadn't seen before that I have wanted you to see for a very long time. True. But I knew we would cover it on the podcast, so it just really didn't make sense for you to watch it. Mm-hmm before we covered it yeah um and i remember this movie being a fall movie but i didn't remember it taking place during october and a huge huge climactic portion of it taking place on <laughs> halloween and it was perfect it just all fell perfectly into place it did i give you that um but we definitely have talked about this movie before i almost want to mm-hmm. say every conversation that we've had about werewolves has had this movie mentioned at least once in it. Yes, I I feel like I definitely have brought this movie up. Um, anytime a werewolf movie is mentioned, or exp- I guess especially a werewolf movie that I kind of champion for, mm-hmm. I know I brought this movie up. I feel like potentially I maybe brought this movie up in our Jennifer's Body episode. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that, allegedly. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, this is one that I know for sure has been mentioned and uh, you have mentioned wanting to watch. Mm-hmm. So look, I was stoked. When I, when I saw that we could cover this movie, the joy, <laughs> the, the Halloween joy <laughs> that just spewed forth from my body, I kicked my legs and, and squealed like a little pig when I discovered <laughs> that we could cover this movie. And I am just so happy that somehow it tied in more perfectly than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> Yo, for real. And I'm also happy that we covered this movie because, like you said, I have been curious about it. Like, hearing you talk mm-hmm. about it so often and bring it up, um, it's always been kind of in the back of my mind of like, okay, I got to watch that at some point. And mm-hmm. I can say now that I feel like after watching the movie all the way through, had someone not suggested this film to me, I probably would have missed it. 
because like I can understand this being really big around the time that it came out, but you know, like now we're 20 plus years past. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you missed the boat, you might've just missed the boat on that one. And I feel like I was on that boat that was sailing past this film. Like I was not going to end up watching it, but I'm happy that I did because this is a, this is a fun little film that we're going to be covering today. And it's one that definitely tackles werewolves in a different way than I'm used to. Something that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I do know uh, this is a Canadian horror film, a Canadian production. And I do know that it took a little bit for it to become popular in the US, but it is another one of those movies that I think had a big surge once it kind of did start to pick up steam here and kind of became uh I don't want to I don't know if I'd call it a cult classic, but maybe in the sense that you're saying where I don't know that everybody knows about this movie. But from what I know, the people who don't love it really, really love it. And I just want to give it up because, look, I there's a lot of stuff that comes out of Canada that I love. And Ginger Snaps is one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very close, high up, close to poutine for me. (laughs) So. That's a pretty big compliment. That's pretty big praise coming for me. Mm-hmm. You know me. You know I'm a lover of... I actually had poutine for lunch oh, yesterday. Okay. I made it myself. Oh, well, let me be. I had the United States-ified version of poutine. Okay. I was too lazy to get cheese curds, so I just used shredded mozzarella cheese. Mm. So it wasn't, like, legit. Uh-huh. But, oh, my God, it was so good you want to you want to get a truth bomb here i have never had it never had genuine like Mm. straight from the maple syrup itself poutine like i i ain't never done it um i've had like poutine adjacent things i think Mm. while we were in college honestly it was the first time i had anything that was even similar to poutine um i forget who who it was that introduced it to me but i remember like having something poutine-like in, like, someone's dorm or something like that. We had a lot of people from Canada at our college. That's true. That's very true. So there's a handful of people who really could have put you on. But, um, But yeah, I've never had the real thing. I've never had the, like, honest-to-God poutine before. I will say I do think that we... I've had many variations of poutine that I will once again say are very Americanized versions. We love to just throw shit and that does not need to be there. Poutine is potatoes, gravy, and cheese. Three things that are so good. We don't need to add all this extra. Why are we throwing in bacon fat and jelly and all of these extra things? I like a simple classic poutine and sometimes <laughs> they just be fucking it up for me i will say i did i probably the closest i got to it was when i went to disney world and went to epcot mm. and went to the canada pavilion okay uh it's probably the closest i'd get to like authentic poutine mm-hmm. without being in canada but if you've never had it homies i highly recommend uh go for it what's stopping you <laughs> nothing this is your we give you permission to go and have poutine in case you needed it from us specifically and also if you happen to be in the states and you know of a great poutine spot that is pretty spot on don't let just us know let all the homies know hit us up give us give us the link give us the hookup we want to know especially me i want to have some good poutine so 
you know, share the wealth. I actually think, okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Underneath the episode, I would love, <laughs> I uh, the, when we post about the episode on social media, I would love if you guys would would tag poutine spots or <laughs> yeah, <tag. laughs> that's all I ask for in the comments of the episode um, of the post for the episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> but all right, let's let's get into it, Erica, because this has been a long time coming. Um, I want to know all the reasons why you enjoy this movie so much, mm-hmm. and I would like to also talk about this movie because um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. And as we will get into, as a guy, I feel like I'm not getting the full scope of things. And I definitely need uh, a lady's opinion on some of these plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to uh, chit chat with this or I'm excited to chit chat about this one mm-hmm. with you. As I am I, as am I. But before we get into too much discussion about the film itself, let's talk about the scare factor of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, scare scale. Five being the scariest movie you've seen in a hot minute. One being, I think anybody can watch this. Where would you put Ginger Snaps? I am going to say me now, right now, probably a two out of five. Um, Just because like I don't find a lot of this movie scary per se. Um, But I think a lot of that is just with them being so young um and like our main quote-unquote antagonist like it's hard to find her scary at least for me Mm -hmm. um but i could see like a teenage version of myself being quite freaked out by this film because it is pretty bloody Mm -hmm. it's pretty gory and violent and there's like a lot of kind of scary imagery that i think like a younger version of myself would have been spooked by but me here today i'm I'm gonna say like a two two out of five I mean, I think, yeah, probably like a 1.5 for me. Mm-hmm. It's not a scary movie in the more classic sense. It doesn't really have jump scares. It doesn't have a little, it has moments that are maybe surprising, might take you by surprise, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they'll scare you necessarily. I do think that some of the ideas behind it can be scary. And I think you're right. I think watching it at the right age could potentially make you very freaked out, particularly about puberty and the changes that your body might go through. Um as a young girl, I do think that there could be some some scars <laughs> that this movie could potentially um, add, add to your fears about that. But I, I think that as a horror movie, I don't think it's scary. Um, and I think that it's a movie that honestly, I, I think most people could watch this and be fine. I don't I don't really yeah. see anyone being scared of this movie so i do think it's a pretty good werewolf movie but at the same time i'm sorry i'm just it's getting off a little bit but i'm sitting here thinking about it i'm like i don't really know a werewolf movie that to me scary it's like really scary i just i just Uh don't think werewolves is that type of creature for me that i ever have found particularly scary so i honestly am just sitting here thinking about it now i would probably rank most werewolf movies on the lower half of the scare scale at least that i've seen i can't think of any that i've personally seen that i remember being 
really, really scary. Okay. I think, I mean, honestly, same, but on the flip side of that, I, there are a lot of werewolf movies that I just haven't seen in general right. also. So, like, it's a bold claim for me to be like, man, werewolves ain't scary. Right. There probably is a scary one out there. I just, I, I haven't, I haven't met him yet. <laughs> Or her, or her. Yeah, I haven't met that dog myself, but <laughs> I do. I am sure it's out there. Mm -hmm. But all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. And also, quick, quick, minor trigger warning for potential self-harm stuff and conversation. But today, we are talking about Ginger Snaps from the year 2000. This film was directed by John Fawcett, written by Karen Walton, and is starring Emily Perkins as Bridget, Catherine Isabel as Ginger, and Chris Lemche as Sam. Ginger and Bridget Fitzgerald are sibling outcasts in the town of Bailey Downs. Misjudged by the adults and bullied by their peers, these sisters have made a vow to always stick together. But after Ginger is attacked by a creature on the night of a full moon, she begins to go through changes. Now it is a race against the clock to find help for Ginger, but the situation quickly gets hairy. Insert field hockey fist fights doggy dinners, and your friendly neighborhood drug dealer here. Our film concludes with bonds being tested as B desperately searches for a cure for her sister. Will she be successful or will raging hormones be the least of their worries? Also, they got Baxter. Roll credits. R.I.P. Baxter, R.I.P. Norman. <laughs> R.I.P. every dog within a 50-mile radius of Bailey Downs. Yeah, I guess heads up, uh, many dogs die in this many, film. Many, many dogs. <laughs> yeah. Many. That is the majority of our kill count, honestly, is dogs. Well, mm -hmm. actually, it's about even, that, actually. That, a lot of people die, especially in the second half, actually. Yeah, yeah you're right. Even human to dog kill count. <laughs> um, but, yeah, shout out to them. Mm -hmm. for and and also some unnamed dogs that we don't know there's also what's the what's the um trina sinclair's i don't remember what her dog's name is oh shit her I dog don't dies too yeah. it's some cute like cute name because it's a really big dog uh -huh. it's some cutesy name too. yeah i don't oof, i don't remember Offset do we that. do we see that dog die do we see that one or is that off screen that's off screen. Okay. That's off screen. It is presumed that Ginger did that. Mm -hmm. Um, sometime at between, some point. Yeah, <laughs> between the fight at school and when we see her later at home. <laughs> um, but can I actually tell you what my first note was? Because it is yeah. kind of in line with this. Um, it is my first note here is wow, no one in this town gives a fuck about Baxter. <laughs> Well, because half the people are probably like, who the fuck is Baxter? Also, <laughs> this lady 
is screaming in this in her kid's face. This could could lo- not looked more unbothered himself than <laughs> I don't think I think his chill level has maxed out. He is just wondering why his mom is screaming bloody murder mm-hmm. <laughs> in the middle of the street. And yeah, nobody I mean, people look. They look. But they do not help. But no one cares. And like granted we find out very quickly that this has been a persisting problem as of late because there is something going around killing people's dogs. Mm-hmm. So perhaps at this point, it's just one of those, eh, this is the new normal sort of a vibe. Um, yeah. But it's, I just couldn't help but laugh. When she goes out screaming outside after we find out the dog is dead, um, <laughs> I love how you got the kids in the street like playing like hockey or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is one kid in particular on like the far left side of that screen that just gets this little smirk on his face as they just go back to playing hockey. Bro, the way that I just burst out laughing. <laughs> I don't know why my eyes just fixated to that yeah. one child, but his smirk gave me so much joy. Damn, that's crazy. Because he was just so unbothered. <laughs> it's Well, yeah, it's something that we see, I think, particularly at the high school, is the Beast of Bailey Downs which is what they've dubbed mm-hmm. this thing that keeps killing all of the animals, which also side note, I think we might've been, I think I might've mentioned it in the episode, but uh, Bailey Downs is the name that they use in a Christmas horror story as well. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask, I was like, have we talked about <laughs> Bailey Downs? This place yeah. Before? yeah. It was like, this sounds so familiar. Mm-hmm. We have in a way, but uh, yes, the, everybody there has dubbed given it a nickname and everything this has been going on for so long nobody can catch this thing that keeps going around and killing pets um but yeah even at the high school later i mean bridget falls face deep into the carcass (laughs) of a dog that was just out first of all out on the field that nobody at this school noticed nobody noticed when I say this dog is a carcass, it is just just strewn about. It has been mauled. It is just like decrepit. And I presume that at least the gym teacher would have gone out to that field once or twice that day. And yet <laughs> the only time they notice it is when Bridges' face is in its entrails and then everyone's like oh my gosh (laughs) the beast of bailey down strikes again (laughs) what (laughs) you know when like you're playing like a really big or like vast video game and it takes a while for like buildings (laughs) and things to like to load in i feel like that's what happened with this dog (laughs) because i swear to you we definitely panned across that spot (laughs) at least two or three times before we found the carcass that bridget would eventually fall into especially because they've been playing this field hockey game for a while um they actually presumably play this shit like every day and it's like if it had happened this day Bridget and Ginger are on the second subbed squad. So they've already played a scrimmage. 
<laughs> with the half of the gym class and then they sub the other girls in and it's when they get subbed in that uh yeah trina sinclair pushes bridget straight into a body a decomposing body of the dog and then everyone just is you know, like oh damn that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy you know what is also crazy is thinking about it now they also had a class before this where they had to show off their presentation which leads me to believe this is not the first gym class no. that has happened today at school no. there have been other classes out there playing field hockey and no one no, no one ran into this carcass and somehow. it's i mean we're talking about the kids and the way that they react to it but even the gym teacher is pretty nonchalant about the situation and True. just kind of doesn't even really give Bridget any sort of help or reassurance in this situation and just goes, okay, everybody, like, hey, move back. All right, we got to move out of here. <laughs> please, please, everyone, everyone step, step away. away. And then I love how immediately after that, Trina walks out with her behemoth of a dog. Why? Why is her dog at school? <laughs> it's like she just walks out with her dog later on, has nothing to do with anything else that happens. We never see her dog at school. That's not a lie. We see her dog at school one more time, but it's mm -hmm. not a, a service animal. No, she just no, has her no dog means. after school every time we see her leaving. She just has her dog. Can I? So I just want to like throw this out there from the get where um, this movie is fun. And I actually do like this uh -huh. movie. But this is also one of those movies where a lot of times things just kind of happen <laughs> and don't make a lick of sense. Uh -huh. And I'm going to say up front, definitely noticed it. Definitely clocked okay. it. Um. But I also didn't care. I'm going to throw it out there. A lot, there are a lot of these instances I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I will try and point a lot of them out during this episode, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But for the record, they didn't really, like, bother me. There's, like, a level of weird campiness to this film that I think a lot of those moments kind of help kind of propel that campiness. Yeah. Because, like, even these characters, they feel like the very heightened versions of like very specific like teenage stereotypes that you might deal with mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of this movie maintains that level of like heightened um to a degree that i actually enjoy i actually really like it yeah. um but some of those moments are just too funny yeah the, the, the really field funny. dog moment being a, a big one yeah this movie is a it does balance comedy and it is intentional it is intentionally a black comedy as well as a horror. And yeah, it, it definitely for me lands the comedy in majority of the of the sections. I also mm -hmm. it's been a very long time since I've done this, but I do want to do a Degrassi check because <laughs> Because it's not because there's an actor that is crossing over, but it's because the main mean girl in this is named Trina Sinclair. And mm -hmm. there's a character on Degrassi that's named Heather Sinclair that they mm -hmm. allude to all the time. And they are also both Canadian productions. So <laughs> I just thought that that was fun. I mean, <laughs> Degrassi came after, but at least Degrassi Next Generation came after. But um, every time I heard her last name, it just made me think of that. But 
going back a little bit, uh, I guess we can talk about our our main protagonists, Ginger and Bridget, our mm-hmm. Fitzgerald sisters. Yeah. Who also, this is not the first time that these two actresses, or I'm sorry, this is the first time that these two actresses have played sisters in a movie, but it will not be the last time because they also play sisters in another Cinderella story starring Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always just thought was so interesting. <laughs> I also saw on like IMDb that apparently they have spent a good portion of their lives together. Like they went to like the same mm. preschool and like had the same talent agency and like stuff like that. Like they both know each, I think know each other or knew each other pretty well leading up to this. Potentially, because I will say um, the girl who plays Bridget is actually older than Ginger or the girl uh, who plays Ginger. She's, I think, like four or five years older than her. So okay. she probably would have predated her in a lot of the schools. Oh, uh, that's that very stuff. true. That's very true. But when they got, when they had the same agent, they might have crossed paths before mm. then. Um, what a crazy coincidence still, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I will say, and it's, I, I think it's so funny how I, not, this is not to say um, that Emily Perkins does have a very youthful face. Like mm-hmm. she looks like a teenager. She definitely does. But it's just so also funny to me that I feel like a lot of the reasoning that she just played the younger sister was just because she's shorter than um, Catherine Isabel. I feel like they were like, True. you're taller. <laughs> Great. You're the older sister. I mean, but they both fit their characters very, very well. I think yeah. even just the like types they are and kind of the energy that they give off. I do think that they fit their characters but I feel like they probably also use that height difference to their advantage quite a bit. <laughs> probably. Though, I mean, granted, it would be interesting to see the roles reversed, but I could potentially see them also swapping roles and, mm. like, potentially it being just as believable. Um, but I do like their chemistry. I It's very nice seeing both of them on screen together. I do think that they work very well together. I will say it took me a scene or two to kind of warm up to them because they're just so deep in the edgy angst yeah. of the high school years that I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was almost drowning in it for a second. Mm-hmm. But um, I, like it, it, it very quickly went away because, like, it, like I said, it is fun to watch these two just on screen together. I think they play off of each other very well. Um, and they do, I think, give sibling very very well like i I, it's very believable to me that these two could be related and even the way their dynamic and the way that they talk to each other and interact with each other feels very sibling like not only that not only siblings but siblings who are so close in age there's only a year difference between them and i feel Mm -hmm. like that it's it's interesting because i do feel like that plays a lot in how close and connected they are that and also just the way that they kind of treat the world in their age shows in a lot of that but i also do think it's interesting that bridget is or i'm sorry that ginger is a year older and kind of uses that age over bridget a lot whether knowingly or unknowingly and how that dynamic also plays a role in the way that they treat each other and kind of look at each other 
I, I love the, what they do with their relationship in the sense that I do like the bond that they have mm -hmm. and how they kind of lean into each other so much. But I do also appreciate that they kind of show that there is danger and toxicity in that as well. And kind of like finding yourself so intertwined that and you can't allow anything to separate that and how that can turn on its head from a good thing to a bad thing. I think we see that a lot with the way that they handle each other forming outside relationships mm. and kind of wanting to do their own thing. I think that Bridget does look up to Ginger a lot. And I do think that Ginger uses that and kind of can storm over Bridget and the things that she wants uh, and like what would make her comfortable. Because it, I think even before we see the transformation, we do see that Ginger kind of storm rolls Bridget mm -hmm. often and kind of leads the ideas. And Bridget kind of leans into what Ginger likes. Because even with the whole thing with Trina is Trina does that to Bridget and Ginger, you know, is like, do you want me to kill her? Do you want me to do this? And and at first, Bridget's kind of just wants to move on. And then she makes an offhand comment, kind of coming up with this idea. But then later we see that she doesn't really want to do it. It was just an in the moment, I'm angry, so we should do this revenge. Yeah. But then she gets over it. She doesn't want to do it anymore. But at that point in time, Ginger is so committed that she doesn't even care that Bridget has moved on and doesn't want to do revenge anymore. She's like, no, we're doing this. And I feel like we see that a lot in this movie is that Ginger has very specific ways that she wants things to be and want things to go. And Bridget leans into that a lot because she loves her mm -hmm. because they have this close bond. But as a result, Bridget can't form her own identity or like have any separation from Ginger, because I think in a lot of ways, Ginger does rely on Bridget, mm -hmm. even though it feels like it's the opposite. I feel like as we see throughout the movie, Ginger really does rely on the relationship that she has with Bridget. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like these characters are what, like 15, both of them. Uh, uh, Bridget's 15, Ginger's, Ginger's 16. 16. And yeah. like, man, what a time to be alive, right? Like you, <laughs> you absolutely around that age do not know shit but you're mm -hmm. right at that point of thinking that you know shit. So it's like, you're very much trying to like come into yourself of like learning who you are and all of this stuff. And I feel like for anybody who has like been an older sibling that has had their younger sibling that close in age, has probably felt something of that, like almost feeling like you're thrust into a leadership role, mm -hmm. but your ass don't know shit. So you're like, how am I supposed to lead somebody when I'm still learning myself? Which I feel mm -hmm. like you see a lot of that with Ginger, where it's like she's just learning to navigate the teenage years, like becoming a woman, like all of this stuff, even just like dealing with high school and dealing with the other kids and, and parents and just all these different things that you have to think about as a teenager. It's a lot. It, it is. It's a heck of a lot. Um, and then to on top of that pressure, throw on this idea that you kind of have to like guide and lead your younger sibling through all of this as well. Um, I think it really shines a light on like both of those positions, because like you said, you see a lot of that Bridget looking up to Ginger because she's like, well, Ginger's the older one. So she probably knows or has experienced things in a way that will help her 
um, teach me or like guide me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Where on the flip side, Ginger's like, I got to be there for my younger sister. But at the same time, like, I'm just learning about boys and like trying to like, go, like come into myself and like all of these different things. It's like, it's a lot like teenagers. Y'all got nothing to deal with, but you also have like everything to deal with. Like it's the time in your life where you have no responsibilities, but it feels like the entire world is on your shoulders. And I think it's very interesting to watch these two characters navigate that through their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they are both so close in age, but also there is this moment of time where Ginger kind of steps into what is considered like, no, the first step of your to your womanhood. Ginger hits that. And Bridget doesn't. And it's the first time I think that they really feel that gap Mm -hmm. between the two of them and this huge thing. I mean, even the boys all make comments about Ginger and how she's kind of maturing and they don't feel that same way about Bridget. They talk a lot about how Bridget is not hot and she's kind of gross and they don't they would never do anything with her. But Ginger, like, oh, Ginger is like a woman now and all this stuff. And. I think even too, like, I think that Ginger has a lot of fears about growing up mm-hmm. and has kind of that has kind of trickled down to Bridget. And so as a result, both of them really don't want to ever experience any of this stuff that has to do with getting older and kind of like growing up and and going on. None of them want to really face any of that. And that's when they have this whole pact of, um, what is that, out by 16 or dead on the scene. Yeah, where it's like, your scope of the world yeah. stops at 16. But yeah. how, like, as an adult, that sounds so silly. But, like, I feel like when you're younger, that does feel like it it, it holds some weight, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, right around that time, that that's your whole life, you know? Like, 16 you're you're fully an adult and all this yeah. stuff and it's like not but, really <laughs> but they even say well, of course and it's like but together forever is the end of that but I, I mean they even say that's another thing where bridget says that's a pact we made when we were eight and bridget doesn't take it seriously mm-hmm. she doesn't want she's like i don't want to die like I, <laughs> I you know we talked about that at the time it and that's another thing that ginger says you were all gung-ho about this idea like you can't flake out on me now once again where bridget has kind of grown past that Mm -hmm. and she doesn't feel that same way but ginger does and i feel like there's a lot about especially because ginger is a little bit older where she really like feels that pressure in a way that it that maybe bridget wouldn't if she didn't have ginger kind of also dreading these things because mm-hmm. yeah they both are really they're they don't want to yeah they don't want to date they don't want to kind of do anything outside of school and hanging out with each other yeah. and they fantasize about death and like not getting older and kind of not moving on now they do say out by 16 so they do s- allude to a life out of bailey downs mm-hmm. but at the same time I think particularly for Ginger, neither one of them are really pushing for that to be an actuality or like a reality. Mm -hmm. It seems like she's more just content to say, eh, 
guess we're gonna kill each other like i guess we're gonna <laughs> kill ourselves because we're not out like it just feels like that's a lot of the way that she feels is like yeah okay well i guess this is it so yeah what's the point I feel, <laughs> I feel like that adolescent energy is um it's it's a great addition to this film because it definitely gives it that coming of age vibe that i do think the movie's going for i mean even <laughs> i like even ginger like referring to her period as the curse i yeah. like that made me giggle because i was just like that's <laughs> the i mean one okay cute writing there like i see the mm -hmm. nudge to the werewolf and whatnot and like that whole sequence happening right afterwards i think was good plotting um but even stuff like that where i'm just like ah, you guys are so young so mm -hmm. much so much life ahead of you um yeah but i mean true i it is it does feel like that i mean well, well, i will that, that's almost something i want to ask is like <laughs> okay on in your opinion yeah how how what how much so is becoming a woman or going through puberty in your teenage years akin to becoming a werewolf <laughs> <laughs> i mean well it's obviously yeah so werewolfism is used as an allegory to um puberty in this film and it's obviously exaggerated but a lot of the stuff that ginger experiences with that beginning transformation it's not that far and i i feel like that's specifically why they put that scene in with the nurse is a lot of the things that she is experiencing are not that different from symptoms that you can have on your period, mm -hmm. especially when you like first get it and you don't know what's normal and what's not. Um, I think especially like the mood swings, the like the heat flashes that you can get, the hairy, like the hairiness, the the cramps, how the cramps, how her back hurts, how much she bleeds, like a lot of that stuff is is accurate. And obviously there are extra bits that they have thrown in here to lean more into the werewolf transformation and also just to lean into the fact that there is definitely something wrong with Ginger that is more than just her period. But it does feel like, I don't know what it is like now um, and how people are kind of approaching that situation now with... Um, getting your period but it did feel like a really big deal like when i was a kid mm -hmm. and it was really scary because you like not oh, knowing imagine. what it was gonna happen and not knowing what it was going to feel like but i also feel like it's a weird thing i think especially with ginger's mom in this is she makes it seem like yes yes it's the best day ever but it's like girl why <laughs> i hate this shit i hate this it's like are you kidding me mm -hmm. this bullshit this this i was free i was free <laughs> i could do anything before i could wear white i could I run could with my friends white. i could go in pools i could do anything with my life and now i'm like every month i have to look forward to this bullshit like that mm -hmm. I feel like that's what you realize once you're older. And I think it's different, too, because Ginger and Bridget are much older than the normal age that mm, they would get mm -hmm. their period. And so they've had a lot more time to sit and stew on it and not look forward to it. And now that they're older, I feel like they really understand all of the cons that come with it. Right. Whereas when you're younger, 10, 11, 12, 
you don't really know about the bad stuff. Like I like you don't know about any of those extra symptoms. You mm-hmm. just know that like you're going to bleed and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so and already that feels like fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, like saying girl, uh, like, like I'm going to what? Like at least yeah. like like for guys we have to worry about what? We get acne and our voice is going to crack a little bit. But like mm-hmm. outside of that and maybe some hairs in places like we we have a very easy transition, I would say, <laughs> into the world of like, quote unquote, manhood, whereas mm-hmm. it feels a lot more complex when you're a girl and like kind of circling back to just like how crazy of a time like high school in those years are and even middle school too, like to have all of that going on while also going through these puberty mm-hmm. symptoms that's so much and like so this whole idea of like your body is transforming even on the scale of like becoming a wearable it's like it makes the allegory there the comparisons it does make sense like i i do Mm. see it yeah and i also feel like it's this feeling of not having i think especially when you think about it uh, the full moon coming and look and like this thing that happens every month and like the leading up to it and yeah, technically it does happen for a very specific time, but that doesn't mean you only get symptoms at that time. Like there's all of these things where it does kind of feel like you're not in control of your body, especially if you're a person who has um, like more severe periods. It already sucks even if you don't. But if you are a person who has more severe ones or endometriosis or PCOS or anything like that, like it really does kind of feel like your body is like really working against you, which just feels so off because you're Mm -hmm. like, aren't we a team? (laughs) Please, (laughs) please, let's be friends. And so, yeah, I think it actually works. When you think about it in that way, it works really well. It's pretty on the nose. But I, I think that that's just because that when you think about it, there are a lot of similarities and there are a lot of things that it you could equate to this change in your body and this transformation to a werewolf. And I think especially to some of the other stuff that Bridget have after getting it and after being bitten by the werewolf and, and kind of wanting to come into her sexuality and, and things like that. Honestly, it works, you know, for both circumstances, especially for the age that she's at, especially Mm -hmm. like I said, being 16. So yeah, it, it works it works very, very well, um, kind of the juxtaposition of both of those things. And so you're I saying think, all women are werewolves is the point yeah. that you're making here. Okay. All right, cool. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and the tail? Yeah. We all we also all have That's those. all I'll say about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, before we get too far, I also just want to throw because I'm actually going to throw it in at some point. The wig. The wig. Yeah, the wig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with with <laughs> with Emily Perkins having to wear a wig. But I do wish that they had laid that shit if they were going <laughs> to have her wear a wig. <laughs> I wish those edges were just a little bit a little bit more laid because you can tell 
that it is mm-hmm. awake. Uh, not all the time. Uh, when the lighting is dim, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't think that the the more kind of disheveled look of it works well for her character. It's right. just the edges that are a giveaway. <laughs> a real giveaway. <laughs> Erica, the wig detective coming in again. <laughs> Making sure that all the edges are perfectly pressed. I was like, that's your main character, bro. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> um, well, also circling back a little bit on the story now, too. Um, another thing that I actually really like about Ginger Snaps is how quickly things kind mm-hmm. of ramp up. Because, um, the like, after Ginger gets attacked, um, which, what a brutal sequence for what looked like so minimal wounds um granted we learned very quickly that she heals because yeah. of her newfound werewolf powers but it's like we spend a solid two minutes just hearing and seeing ginger get fucked mm-hmm. up um but she's still able to just you know once she's free run and sprint and get out of there um which i just found kind of funny yeah. but that adrenaline was adrenaline in full effect for <laughs> yeah. that moment absolutely <laughs> Um, but I feel like the sequence of events for this movie is really good. I think the movie has great pacing because, mm-hmm. like, granted, some of the things that are happening are absolutely wild. Like, the speed with which these girls commit murder, insane. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I enjoy the fact that this movie always has something happening. Like, my brain was stimulated for the full like 148 150 that this movie is because like there is just always something going on yeah i love the that like first attack sequence i i think just how yeah you're right how quickly it happens how sudden it is and just the kind of chaotic nature of it is very feels very realistic i think particularly in the way that this would be handled like bridget just slapping it with her purse (laughs) and not knowing what else to do what are you supposed to do i feel yeah i i don't know i think that a lot of the way that they wrote bridget in that scene feels very like rings very true to me in the way that she reacts and is almost and is like frozen in fear at first, but doesn't want to leave her sister and then runs in. And even when she sees like actively is seeing Ginger being attacked, that moment of hesitation that she has, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I do think that that would be very realistic. I don't see, I don't think that she would spring into action right away. And I, even the fact that she gets a quick photo of it and it's it's just a corner of its face. And mm-hmm. I, yes, we we do see Ginger getting pretty like, or at least hear a lot of her being brutalized. And then we have a lot of, it's hard to tell exactly what it's doing to her, but we do get some shots of it very specifically, like scratching her thigh and like biting into her shoulder and all this stuff. And... I feel like they what they did do well with this werewolf is that it is not the type of werewolf that is going to go in and like straight for the kill. Um, And so it works well, I think, when you when you see that 
Ginger does kind of get away with just injuries and doesn't die. I think that just plays more into the type of werewolf that we're dealing with in this mm-hmm. film because it's not like a big hulking like werewolf in nah, it's more the... like a just a big dog really. yeah it's not a more traditional one yeah it's almost like a big like a really big naked dog mm-hmm. um yeah and like i enjoy the fact that they make kind of make their own rules with it and that the characters are privy to what werewolves are mm-hmm. in the story that's just helpful for me on a meta level when like <laughs> the characters if we're dealing with a very specific trope right i enjoy when the characters know the trope especially if timeline wise they would know this trope mm-hmm. right so like the fact that these characters are aware of what werewolves are i i enjoy that especially because like there are certain aspects of this particular werewolf that do not fall in line with regular werewolves. So it kind of, it it leads the characters astray because it's easy to dismiss the idea because so many things don't line up. Like even Ginger's like, I haven't transformed yet. Like we were able to just kill that thing with a car. Like all of the typical movie fanfare that's around werewolves doesn't apply to this situation so it's like it could be something else mm-hmm. um i i just think like it makes the characters feel smarter and saves us time to have werewolves already be a part of this universe right yeah and also too it yeah it feels like these werewolves do <coughs> retain some of their human qualities um and so it, it feels like these werewolves are much more of a mix of a dog and a human than mm-hmm. just turning straight up into an animal and then like losing every bit of you. It does feel like there is still some of that person inside, but what they, but killing and eating just makes them feel so good that there's really no reason for them to fight against that. Like, it's like, why would I fight against this? It makes me feel amazing. I like it. It feels so good, Bridget. It's it's like touching yourself. You know, every move, right on the fucking dot. And after, see fucking fireworks, supernovas, a goddamn force of nature. I feel like I could do about anything. We're almost not even related anymore. You're fucked. (laughs) You'd love it. You should come for the ride. A little scratch. Swap some juice. We'll be our own pack like before. So us be. I'd rather be dead than be what you are. We have a pact! Out by 16 or death and save it together for fucking ever! They um kind of compare that to sex a couple of times throughout this movie is like the act of killing when you're a, wo- a werewolf feels as good as 
having like really great sex and it's like something you crave it's something that you want it makes you feel good and that it's Mm -hmm. like a really intimate bridget makes a i'm sorry i keep switching their names up ginger (laughs) makes a comment about how eating someone is really intimate and it feels like having sex Mm -hmm. with them and you can wonder if that's why and assume that that's why a lot of the victims that she goes after are men in this in Mm -hmm. this film yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And I I also really enjoy the sequencing of Ginger's transformation. Like, granted, we move through the course of a month kind of mm-hmm. quickly because time is a little bit wonky within this movie. But I feel like the idea of where we are in the month definitely matches with her progression yeah. in terms of like, where like how much she's changed both physically and emotionally um i love by by the time we're nearing halloween she is just on full bloodlust mm-hmm. mode like anything and give her a reason ginger's yeah. ready to just snap somebody's neck yeah. um i i love how quickly both the plot and stuff like that moves it's just like again lots of simulation in this movie um there there are some things like I said earlier, that like don't quite make full sense to me, but um, I kind of let it go because it moves the story along. One of the ones that I went back and forth on a bit is um, their parents, most specifically the mom, because <laughs> uh, I like the character uh-huh. of the mom, but she's just so silly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know how else to describe she her. Is. One of my favorite moments with a mom is when <laughs> is when she says, I'll go and let the gas flow and just set a match to the house and me and your <laughs> you and your sister can leave. And Bridge is like, What about dad? <laughs> and she's just really <laughs> ready to leave her husband. <laughs> she doesn't give she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, the mom definitely is one of the more heightened characters of this movie. Um, but I do think particularly with the parents, I do feel like they're meant to lean into these kinds of stereotypes of parents. Oh, like the parents. Yeah. yeah the dad, the dad is very uninvolved, does not want to hear about everything that's going on in his kids' lives. He's just very much, you know, I'm here. What are we going to do? And I don't like he doesn't really know how to deal with Bridget or Ginger, whereas the mom wants to be very involved and wants to wants them to come to her. And like she wants to lead them into womanhood and kind of help them deal with these changes that they're going through. And as a result, kind of pushes them away because she is Mm -hmm. so gung ho about it and is so. I think just so different from them in the sense of she wants everything to be very nice and girly and this is exciting and like, aren't you so excited to be a woman? And oh, you want to start talking about boys and all these things. And that's just not at all what they are dealing with. That's not at all what they want (laughs) their lives to be. And so, yeah, I think that and I think up until even still, in that moment when she discovers what has happened, she even still does play into that kind of mom. But I do think that that's the moment when she changes because I don't know. I just think it's so interesting that when that happens, she has this 
line where she says like, oh, everybody's going to blame me and they're going to think it's my fault. And mm-hmm. Bridget's is like, it's not your fault. But I just feel like she has this very like idealistic idea of as their mother, it is my job to kind of like shepherd them into what it means to be a woman. And she has this feeling of like, I failed. And now you guys are off the rails and all these things when that's and not being yeah, Now you guys are werewolves <laughs> and that's not really even the case. And so, yeah, I think in this great, like in the sense of the film, she is definitely the most kind of played for comedy. It feels, mm-hmm. but I do think that that is because that sort of a stereotype does just kind of lean into like a sitcom mom type of feeling. Also, I do love her pumpkin earrings. I I just remembered I had wanted to mention that. Her pumpkin earrings on Halloween, I want a pair. They were fantastic. <laughs> they absolutely were. But one question about the mom. After she gets out of the car, where does she go? <laughs> She's still at the party. <laughs> <laughs> that... I mean, out of all the plot points in this film, I feel like that was the most egregiously not finished one Mm -hmm. where the mom leaves the car after being told not to, Mm -hmm. enters the party, and is never seen from again. Enters the party with two severed fingers in Tupperware. (laughs) Why does she bring those with her? Why did she bring the fingers? I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to leave them alone in the car, but I feel like it's worse to walk them through a party full of the peers of the dead girl (laughs) i mean i just feel like that would be wild but yeah the mom goes in to find them and kind of gets lost in the shuffle of the crowd and then never returns home uh i assume she's maybe driving around trying to find them kind of similarly to how she was driving around and she like stumbled upon bridget but Mm -hmm. I don't know why she didn't think to just go home first. I mean, I guess it's good. She definitely would have been killed. Right. Well, <laughs> also, where's the dad? Legend, legend has it that their mom is still at that party to this yes. day. Still carrying <laughs> still around the Tupperware. The Tupperware of fingers. <laughs> of fingers. Um, but yeah, these parents are very much just leaning into uh, tropes of mm-hmm. what you would expect or I guess the more old school version of what parents like kind of like the roles that parents were expected to have. Um, Because yeah, even the mom, she kind of is home often and makes dinner every night, kind of gets herself ready and prepped. And yeah, she's very much like quintessential mom. And then with other characters, I mean, we have Trina, which R.I.P. I guess she's kind of an asshole. So um, the way that she dies is pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I love that scene. (laughs) I that sequence is pretty hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, But then outside of her, we also have the character of Sam, who does play like a pretty big role in terms of just like. uh, I, I don't know what you classify him as other than just like the the helpful resource for them yeah he becomes like a a confidant for bridget yeah he starts off as just their school drug dealer but Mm -hmm. you know there's more to him than that he definitely uh he evolves he shows his other sides um though i will say 
him dying at the end and getting fucked up also another point that just made me laugh (laughs) oh my gosh because like it's just the sequencing of it because they really do a great job of like making him look like the stereotypical like all right i'm here to help (laughs) the female protagonist get through this moment Mm And I remember even as like we were getting towards the end of the movie, they're like driving after Ginger kind of fucked him up. I'm like, one, this man's driving with one hand, which kudos to him. But like when they're sitting in that closet with with their cure or whatever, and he's all like, oh, no, you got to stay in here. You can barely walk. Mm -hmm. I, with one working (laughs) arm, will go out there and face your werewolf Werewolf sister, sister, and I will solve the situation. And immediately gets his ass beat. And you know what? And it's like, okay, not only that, but the werewolf sister who's pissed off at me because I, (laughs) like, rebuffed her advances. Yeah, he... I, I... I am... I was surprised, like, the first time I watched this, I was surprised by how long he actually made it. And, like, I, I fully expected her to kill him at the party and so i was really surprised when he made it past that point but it does make sense that he does get killed uh regardless because yeah at the end of the day this is a bridget and ginger story and so having him be there is only as necessary as they needed him to make one more like antidote and then took him out (laughs) which yeah yeah, it's like it's unfortunate because he is really trying to help and he is really trying to help bridget but yeah it's like his need is or the need for him we've kind of gotten all we can get out of his character and now we have to kind of end with bridget and ginger yeah but there's a lot of the male characters honestly because the same thing happens with mccarthy where it's like he's in there to serve very specific plot points and then is com- very quickly cast off to the side as as I think he should be, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think especially, too, because uh, werewolf movies are or stories are usually told from a male perspective. And when they are viewed from a female lens, I feel like they're usually a romance. So it makes sense that in this movie that is taking this different approach to the story, it's best for us to just get the guys out of the way as soon as possible so we can focus on the meat of the story but sam has one of my favorite lines in the movie that makes me laugh every time it's the part where uh bridget brings ginger over that Mm -hmm. first time and he like invites them into the area where he grows pot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and ginger goes wicked smoke us up yeah, wicked, huh? Get the fuck out. All right, Bridget. Breaks down like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's just the way he says it is so funny. It gets the me every time. So yeah. Hard. He is not having it. He's so uninterested. <laughs> like he's so irritated by her. It's funny but... because like for how helpful he is. The one thing he does not do is mix up business and pleasure. No. He is like, look, I'm gonna help y'all with all of this werewolf lycanthrope shit, but do not, do not skirt into my yeah. weed sales, okay? Like that's a whole different deal. That's a whole different world. Unless you buying something, get mm-hmm. out of my truck. Yeah, because even when 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 Ginger comes in later and he says, "Did you want to buy or <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you doing back here?" Yeah, he's like. We keep Man, my business, about his business separate. at the end of the day. <laughs> That's business. This is personal, but 
if you want to buy, <laughs> we can do that. Um, Sam is an interesting character. I like the way that he gets roped into the story. I like, I think they use him just enough mm-hmm. where he is, yes, he is someone that Bridget goes to and that believes her and is helpful, but he is not so overwhelmingly in the story. It is still very much about the two of the sisters. Yeah. And she goes to him and when she needs an idea or needs help but also bridget is very resourceful on her own she doesn't always need him to swoop in and and save the day or have an idea um it's it another thing about him though that is something that i feel like is added into the story to kind because at the end of the day sam is you're right. Sam does almost feel like he would be that hero guy, but he is also kind of a morally gray type of character because he is an adult who mm-hmm. hangs out at a high school this and sells the kids drugs, has also slept with one of the teenagers at the high school. Also true. Trina says, now we don't know if this is true or if she's just saying this to kind of get under Bridget's skin. But she makes a comment that he is a type, the type of guy who likes to have sex with virgins and then kind of do like dispose of them, like not date them or anything, just have sex with them and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seems like him and Trina had relationship of some sort and he kind of ignores her now. He really dismisses her and she is continually trying to talk to him and say hello and what have you. And he really ignores her. Now, that is not the type of relationship that he has with Bridget, Mm -hmm. but that is the type of person that he has been in the past. It is very nice what he does for Bridget. He is very helpful. He does go out of his way to help her and to come up. He is the one that comes up with the idea of the like um, concoction that they make. So he's not a bad person through and through, but he's also not a good person through and through. Yeah. And I do actually like that. I like that the, we have this character who um, is not downright good or downright bad, but is just like a person. Yeah, he's like it, circumstantially good. Yeah. 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 And and he also is the character that kind of is another, is the biggest, conf, one of the bigger conflicts between Ginger and Bridget. Because that's the thing. Ginger does have a really, really big issue with men in Bridget's life. Mm-hmm. Whether it be just the janitor who's just trying to just fucking do his job or it be Sam. Mm-hmm. She does have this way of assuming that every man that Bridget comes into contact with wants to fuck her or that she wants to fuck him. And that is not something that Ginger likes. Yeah. And Sam is a really big factor in that. Absolutely. And just speaking on the janitor real quick, just because you brought him up, I will say the sequencing of when Ginger kills the janitor, I do think that's probably the most menacing that Ginger mm-hmm. is for me, because I do think that the way that scene plays out is pretty like villainous. Yeah. Um, and just like, I, I think it was performed very well and like choreographed very well where it's like, it really shows how far gone Ginger kind of is at that point. Um, so yeah, shout out to the janitor scene. That was a cool yeah. one. Yeah. Shout out to the janitor who was just really doing his job. Yeah. Um, and got taken out as a result. I do think that too, um, 
that scene really showcases uh the the ups like the mood swings that ginger has because she definitely does have some some ups and some downs Mm -hmm. there are some moments where it does feel like she's kind of her old self and then that quickly goes away especially when she gets angry Mm -hmm. when she gets angry she is like totally gone um because even in that scene alone she does feel remorseful after killing the guidance counselor Mm-hmm. And then the janitor tries to get in. And despite us seeing that she can stop him from coming in, she lets him in mm-hmm. to kill him. And then continues down this like path of feeling, trying to make excuses for it to then just finally being like, nah, I'm just, it just feels good. Like it True. feels real good. <laughs> it feels real good. Um, um, and to add on to something that I kind of touched on earlier too with, the gore factor and some of the violence in this film. I do think going full practical was a great choice um, by the director and the production because I really think it it adds a bit of a timeless quality to this film, which I think could lean into that kind of cult classic energy that it has Mm -hmm. Um, just because the effects still look good. Like even Mm -hmm. from a movie from 2000s, like all the gore and all the guts looks real nice in this movie. Um, And I think a lot of that is in part to the fact that they went fully practical with everything. So there's a lot that I definitely enjoy about Ginger Snaps. I I will say, just to kind of, you know, even the scales a little bit, one of the things that did bog this movie down a little bit for me was actually the finale. Um, Mm -hmm. Not in terms of what actually happens. I just think too much happens. I think we have too many either locations or events that happen in like the last 20-ish minutes or so Mm -hmm. that I think is the one time the pacing got wonky for me. Yeah, I that's fair. Yeah, because we go from the school to the party to the house. Mm -hmm. Which I think one of those should have been cut out personally. I think potentially one of those could have been something that actually happened earlier i do think that you're right and that ginger's transformation feels about right timing wise i will say i do think from the school to the party it feels like a lot happens within her transformation and i do think that potentially all the stuff that happens at the school could have maybe happened a little bit earlier and then we could have just had the school and the house kind of be our climax mm-hmm. um i mean like logistically i get having these things happen the sequence that they do because yeah. they do murder two adults at school right. so the next day you know some shit's gonna some alarms are gonna be going off yeah. once they go back to school so it makes sense that it all has to happen in the same day but i mean even having that happen on a on the friday before and then if and then they could have played it like Halloween was that Saturday or something. So mm-hmm. nobody had to be at the school. Um, true, true. I, I think that for me, I don't mind it. I don't mind the the location jumps uh, for me. But I do see what you're saying. And just thinking out loud, that was the, the only thing that has ever stood out to me as feeling fast was is the jump we get from Ginger at the school to ginger at the mm-hmm. party i just feel yeah. like that to me feels like the biggest 
jump we have she's fully like she has werewolf abs and like (laughs) (laughs) fucking like where like nipples down her body i it (laughs) it feels like a lot has happened since we last saw her (laughs) no you're absolutely right and i i'll even like devil's advocate with like it is supposed to be like the full moon right so maybe that's what it is we're just like oh as we get closer to the full moon we're gonna see some re some real werewolf stuff happen i'm okay with that it's just there is something about the ending that does feel long, mm-hmm. despite being invested in everything that's happening. I don't know if perhaps it's like the sequencing with the syringe, even after Sam gets taken out or whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's just like a lot of things happen, especially like in the house. I feel like we do bounce around the house a lot. With that in mind, I did still enjoy the ending, though. Yeah. Um. I think that the way that things wrap up and her getting and or Ginger ended up getting stabbed and like them ending in that very pretty pose at the end, which kind of mirrors where we see them before the title or before the um kind of title sequence rolls. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I felt I felt like that was a very poetic moment and like it did work for me. But I just I felt myself somewhat tapping out there towards the end. And like, I can't quite put my finger on why. I think maybe if I watched it all again, maybe it would solidify a bit more. But that was the only time where I was like, feels a little long here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that ending shot is like is such a pretty shot of them laying between the two beds and mm-hmm. seeing all the Polaroids. And it's it's this is one of those things where. I think this is just another peek into how Ginger kind of feels about growing up because we do have her say that she would rather she doesn't want to go back to the way she was like she likes the way she is now Mm -hmm. and how she likes this newfound Ginger that she has and also for Bridget she like Bridget does turn and she is actively turning. But I will say, I feel like we see that Bridget is still retaining a lot of herself. Now, it's still really early on. Mm-hmm. But even still, I feel like Bridget is fighting back against it in a way that Ginger didn't or hasn't. And I think it's just... And also here at the end, I feel like we just come back to that idea of Bridget says like, she's like, I'm not going to die in here with you. It's not very been something that she's wanted. And I will say, you know, uh, even despite what I said about how Ginger kind of doesn't want to grow up and all of this stuff, she also doesn't ever seemingly, she also kind of gives off those vibes of it doesn't I like of the person who is maybe just interested in it, but wouldn't go through with mm-hmm. it. And so, but I do think it's interesting that we fall into this feeling of, or this ending where it's rather than go back, she dies. Mm-hmm. Like rather than be transformed back, which we don't know if it would have yeah, worked. We don't, we don't because know. she's full on transformed. Uh, McCarty was not. McCarty was still himself to a certain degree. So we don't know that it would have worked on her. But we have reached this point with her where she doesn't even want to try. She doesn't even want to know. Mm-hmm. And we've fallen back into that th- like that same kind of cycle where she would rather die mm-hmm. than go back to who she was. And Bridget doesn't want to die. And that's kind of the ending that we're left with. 
and the relation, the dynamic that we're left with between the two sisters. It is a long sequence in the house. It it's 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 one of those things too where once again it feels very realistic the way that things happen. Right, that's the thing. Um, but at the same time, sometimes realism can slog a movie down. Yeah. Um, usually some of this stuff would have maybe been cut out. I really, really enjoy the sequence in the house and I like the way that it happens. I like the way that it, we get into the basement and end up in their room. I feel like that's the, the best way they could have done it to make it not feel so, oh, we got to get back to the room. I do feel like it feels like pretty natural, which is, which is cool, but it is like, we are in that house, that ending sequence in that house, I think is about 10 ish Mm -hmm. minutes, um, which yeah, it does feel long. I think, especially when you tack it on to some of the other sequences that we've had that I've also kind of like rounded up to 10 ish minutes and so it's like it's it's a nitpick i will i'll fully say for me like it's something that stands out but i feel like there are other films that we've talked about in the past that we've given the same kind of nudge to Mm -hmm. especially when we're skating past the like hour 30 mark and like what Mm -hmm. needs to be there and what could be shaved off i don't know what i would shave off of this film to cut any of the runtime personally um, so it's just one of those things where maybe I just need another viewing to like let it all resonate. But all in all, I still think the way the way that this plot goes and the way that everything kind of wraps up in the end, I'm cool with it. And like mm-hmm. I I like the I like the art the artsy ending. It worked for me. Um, granted, I know there is our sequels to this film. I don't know if you've watched any yeah. of them. Uh, do they tie in or are they their own universe they tie in so the second one is a like is a sequel to this movie so it follows the events prior post what happens here we're following bridget okay and then the third one is actually a prequel so it's the same idea same story same characters but it's supposed to be like their ancestors who look and have the same name gotcha. as them. So it's both, it's Bridget and Ginger again, but in a, a story that predates either of these movies. Okay. And as somebody who has now only seen the first one, should I go and watch two and two and prequel? Or am I okay with just this? I, uh, prequel, you don't have to watch. It, I and I enjoyed all of them mm-hmm. personally. So like, if you just, if you like the Ginger Snaps Severse <laughs> and you would like to, I would say that they're all worth seeing. However, if you want to just watch something that ties in and kind of gives a little bit more information, um, then yes, you should watch the second one. This second one, because this one... Although it can be a contained story, the second one does continue some ideas. Okay. So I think it's worth it to watch the second one if you would like to kind of get some answers to the way that we end things off in this one. Okay, good Um, to know. Also, one last thing, McCarty, (laughs) the one scene that does is like so silly to me is the scene between McCarty and Bridget where she comes up and he's like yelling at that little kid. <laughs> I don't, something about the way that is shot feels so cartoon-esque. Yeah. Like, it, just the way that she walks up 
and she's like hey and then he lets yeah and the kid runs off and you get that like close-up it feels very anime when we get that close-up of just her hand holding the syringe and you can see him like standing off in the in the distance (laughs) something about it is so silly yeah it feels very like edit and eddie to me (laughs) yeah it does feel like a cartoon and i know it's like the only part of that movie that feels that way to me so it just like it almost throws me off every time it happens (laughs) i'm just like whoa but um that was <laughs> that was that is something though that's interesting though that we didn't really touch on is um the 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 change of the werewolfism is like another puberty but specific specifically like menstruation and so when McCarty changes he also gets a period yeah kind of <laughs> kind and of. it's yeah and it's just it's uh something that i always thought was like interesting when i watched this mm-hmm. is that that's part of the transformation it just ties into this specific thing that's specific to what bridget was literally about to start and what she was literally about to go through but that is also just something that is specific to being a werewolf which i mean if it is changing your like the way that you are inside, isn't that crazy to think that like you might bleed? Like if it is like literally shifting your body from the inside mm-hmm. out, like I don't think that that is a wild thing to think that that might happen. True, true. Also, McCarty ain't shit. No, McCarty he, ain't he shit. absolutely ain't shit. However, I will say McCarty ain't shit, but Bridget also took advantage of him in that car or even i'm it. sorry fucking ginger <laughs> yeah ginger did take advantage of him in that car no means which, no ginger no means no ginger like that was very very shitty however prior to that moment mccarty ate shit but also mm-hmm. mccarty is i think mccarty and his little group of friends are like the also that stereotypical teenage boy yeah. kind of group of guys are what they are meant to be. Mm-hmm. But all right, last little bit. The final thing that we got to do is rate this movie. And mm-hmm. I'm just so curious what metric we should use to rate Ginger Snaps. <laughs> mm. We could. Uh... Oh, also, last thing before we rate. Um, now watching the movie, understanding that ginger snaps is a play on words is mm-hmm. a lot more fun. Yeah, but also, have you ever had a ginger snap? Yeah, they're yeah. okay. Not my favorite, but they're okay. Yeah, they're not bad, but mm-hmm. a little too crunchy for my liking. True, true. I get it. They got a snap, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I prefer a soft cookie myself. Um. <laughs> Let's see. We could rate this out of not dead dogs, right? No, that's just not, that's absolutely just not. not. <laughs> okay, yeah. just, just see tiptoe on yeah. the lines, baby. Also, I love. I like how they just left the dog for the kid to find when Norman, <laughs> right. when she killed Norman. They just said, oh, "Okay, uh oh," and left I it guess for they'll the see in the morning. Little kid that's consistently wearing rollers blades to find all right i'm trying to find the best way to put these fingers in a phrase like frozen fingers refrigerated fingers 
Frosty fingers. Frosty fingers. I'm down for frosty fingers personally. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Um. Well, I feel like I kind of know what side of the spectrum you're on, but do you want to mm -hmm. go first or do you want me to go first? I I kind of want you to go first. Okay. Since it was your first time, mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear like what your gut reaction rating is. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give Ginger Snaps a 4.4 4 out of 5. Okay. Frosty Fingers. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's a really fun movie. I said that at the top and I stand by it. I really enjoyed this watch. Um, as I said before, I think it has a bit of a timeless quality to it because it's just touching on, you know, growing up and the terrors of that. But along with that, there is a interesting enough horror-esque story being told um i think that the again going practical was good for this because it really aids in the gore and the effects and the storytelling for the scary bits but i also like th that the story has a lot of heart and watching these two sisters navigate this big change that ginger's going through and seeing what happens to their relationship is very is a very enticing story to see and this is a movie i could definitely see myself watching another time um i'm actually very curious to see the sequel now because i am i am wondering where the story goes from here um and i kind of think that the more i would watch this movie my score would probably go up because again at the end of the day it is a blast to watch it's a little bit of a longer movie, but it goes by so quickly. And I definitely would recommend if you were like me and you hadn't seen it, um, definitely check it out. It's worth. So I'm going say 4.4 4 out of 5. Frosty Fingers. Mm, okay. I think, oh, I, I want, I'm like going back and forth between giving it a 4.9 or a 5. Frosty Fingers. That's fair. I... Because it's weird. Your heart. Follow it's, your heart. It's the thing about it, the only thing that would make me give it a 4.9 is just maybe the length. But then at the same time, I don't necessarily mind the length that much. I do kind of agree with you in the sense that I do think that there is some element of it that by the end, it feels like we could have maybe condensed. And that's the only reason I'm like, does that mean, then is it a five? But I think personally for me, I think I'm going to give it a five because hey. I, I think even with that being said, it does not bother me at all. It doesn't mm -hmm. affect it for me at all. The story that is told within this, the practical effects, the ideas behind it, the like the the way that the story unfolds for me is pretty perfect i love the idea of this coming of age story told a little bit differently i like the way that the werewolf curse is used within this film and i really really like bridget as a character to follow i just mm -hmm. really think that there's something that's really compelling about her journey within this movie and i really like what they did with the sister relationship of this kind of back and forth between 
the love that they have for each other that is so strong that slowly starts to morph into this like hatred that they have for each other just due to other circumstances. I really, really like that. I think it's very well mm-hmm. done. I think the acting of it is very well done. So yeah, there's not much that I would change about it. I think some of the lines are, eh, they're just okay. But that's not that bad for me in an hour 50 movie that one or two lines kind of fall flat for me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. So yeah, I don't know. I just think that it's one of those movies that I love every time I rewatch it. I always want to recommend it. And it is one of my favorite werewolf movies. So yeah, kind of I was going to say again, as a werewolf movie definitely stands Mm -hmm. out and is very different, very unique. Um, and is now on my werewolf recommendation list as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so five out of five frosty fingers for ginger snaps. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But what do you homies think of this movie? Uh, let us know on our social media, but most importantly, let us know where we can have some good poutine. Uh, <laughs> please, especially for uh, Roshane. In the Los Angeles area, I'm sure there are There's some places. There's got to be at least one. So drop them because I can also get to those places eventually. Um, so yeah, <laughs> if you know of any, please let us know. You can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always talk to us in our Discord. That's where we hang out with the homies and discuss horror, but also other things. So if you'd like to come through and say what's up, the link for that is in our social media bios. You can also email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email requests recommendation and business inquiries if you're listening to this on monday that means that we are streaming on twitch tonight twitch is where you play spooky games and hang out with the homies if you'd like to come through and say what's up and see us scream and laugh our way through whatever game we have decided to play this week we would love to see you there and last but never least if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review the more ratings and reviews we get the better you can do so on apple podcast um you can tap the stars to leave us a rating or leave us a review we love to hear what you guys are thinking of the show over on spotify it's the same thing just tap the stars underneath our name to give us a rating but that is it for us today homies thank you so much for hanging out i hope your october is going well and we will be seeing you guys next time for more spooky content catch you next time homies bye